You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. You better 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we this call may be recorded or transcribed from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? Report us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning. I turned my mic on. Good morning, African world. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today, this hump day Wednesday. And I uh, hope uh, everything was cool and weather's good or you can deal with it. it you know, um, saying and talking about the weather each time I do this, or not, you know, 
my intro is just sometimes like, wow, really? You know, man. Then, then, then these folks talking about finding a way to block out the sun. <laughs> you should have 40, 50 years ago listened to the damn scientists. You greedy son of a bitches. That's what you should have did. Listen to the scientists and planned. But no, man, you got to make more money. Got to get that oil out there. You know? Yeah. yeah that's not real. It's not, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, man. Short-term gain for a long-term problem. And believe me, you know, I, you know, they, I've seen it on the news, you know, they're always talking about some things that can possibly happen, you know. I know um, this one cat uh, growing chickens because of the DNA in, in these vats, you know. Not necessarily chickens, I guess chicken meat. <sighs> and then there's another one recapturing the carbon that's in the air and throwing it into the ground so you don't release it off into the atmosphere. Uh, I mean, there's so many things they talk about. But the reality is, the weather is what it is. And it's going to be worse. It's going to get worse. The the weather in terms of severity in longer periods of time, it's going to get worse. So, so family, just prepare yourself. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcast. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Also, you can just put in a uh, search of your favorite search engine, whatever that might be, you know, Firefox, Internet Explorer, Chrome, Google Chrome, whatever. Time for an awakening. Put in the search babaoshi.net, babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. And once again, there'll be programs that are dated and titled. My suggestion, of course, always to don't go to tune in anymore. You know, bump tune in. Just go to Time for an Awakening every Monday, Wednesday. On the right side of the page, there's you, you can listen to the program. You can listen to this program live. Click on that and go ahead. So, so for those who do listen, if you've experienced that through tune in, bump tune in. Just go to Time for an Awakening and listen to the program live. Yeah. So, um, well, there's only two programs that are on here, and that's this program every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and then Time for an Awakening on Fridays at 8 and on Sundays at 7. Time for an Awakening. 
with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African owned businesses. WeBuyBlack.com. Yep, WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans, Brother Obamani Tayemba. He's ready once again to take our people on a trip of a lifetime. This time, November 16th to November 27th going to Tanzania. Then December 24th to January 4th to Azenia. That's January 4th, 2024 family. March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia. July 11th to July 23rd, 2024, Ghana. November 21st to December 2nd, Kemet. April 1st through April 11, 2025, Senegal and Gambia. Those are what he has so far. I'm quite sure there'll be more. And of course, you go to the website, africafortheafricans.org. You can see things for yourself on there's all the things that you need to take a trip of a lifetime. In fact, um, Brother Ralph came, gave me a call earlier. He knows a brother who's from Ghana. And he's willing to put together a trip for us. Uh, maybe the time for an awakening family or the African Perspectives family. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I tell you, if it, if it is, let's make it happen. <laughs> yep. Habashaw, HabashawIncorporated.org. Habashaw stands for Helping Africa by Establishing at Schools at Home and Abroad. You see the, the great work that they're doing, the Kashi Project, of course, the Kashi Project, uh, which which um, launched back in uh, October, going strong, beautiful buildings. Go online to, to HabashawIncorporated.org and the great programs they have here locally. It's just Habashaw Works, Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and Urban Green Jobs. HabashawIncorporated.org. Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for group, for group Economics. Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. They have 12 projects in six different countries and over 170 employed, over 260 members. They deal in the area that is vital to human existence, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the Ledge Group. Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Go to theledgegroup.com. Abibi Atumi. dot com. They had the conference this past weekend. I know it was successful. And uh, they had some other things upcoming. So be on the lookout for Abibi Atumi. I will do my best to inform you what's happening and keep it going. But you also. Go to a BBA2Me, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I dot com. BBA2Me dot com. All right. 
Smile Pharmacy, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Smile Pharmacy, brothers and sisters, you can call Brother Jabril at 770-765-7751. That's 770-765-7751. And uh, talk with Brother Jabril, put a program together for you. And uh, new products, got some new products. And uh, check out the website. That's right, check out the website. It's MyPharmacy.com. All right. The Moses West Foundation. The Moses West Foundation. Brothers and sisters providing clean, drinkable, usable water for humanity. And um, as I was saying to you at the beginning of the program in terms of climate change, global warming, whatever the hell you want to call it, but um, it's been the warmest few days in the history of recorded temperatures on this planet just recently. If you were watching the weather, you could see uh, the equator and everything north and south of it on fire. <laughs> just really hot. So no one can escape. Yeah, you can go to the North Pole or the South Pole. <laughs> you want to. But there's still possibilities of getting water. You know, the hotter it is, the hotter things dry up and dry up quickly. But because there's constantly moisture in the air and the A, the machine, the A, WG, the atmospheric water generation and the technology that it has developed could take it right out of the, out of the air. Separates it between the HO2 molecule and anything that may not be good for you. Kick to the curb. That uh, H2 molecule is uh, going through a process and then once it's done, open the tap, it comes out. Purification. Brothers and sisters, check it out for yourself. The Moses West Foundation.org. I'm asking you to donate to the Moses West Foundation.org. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar here in the West End in Atlanta on Ralph David Abernathy, right up the street from where I live. And of course, they have a lot of things there. Dry goods and food, you know, beans and so forth. Uh, vegan dishes they serve on Sunday and Saturday and Sunday. Delicious smoothies and fruit drinks and pastries and all kind of good stuff. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia. With the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. And, uh, she has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, T-shirts, figurines, you name it, gift certificates. Give her a call at 404-346-3263. That's 404-346-3263. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The other bookstore we promote is the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore in Lithonia, which is east of here. Take I-20 heading east. Exit 74. Make a left. Now you're headed north. 
and uh, for about a mile. And on the left will be the new, <laughs> on the left will be <laughs> the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar. My good brother Kazem Diajamu has it going on. So give him a call at 770-305-6373, 770-305-6373. Uh, now, jump back on the main street, headed back towards I-20. And still go east, so make a left. And the next exit, exit 75, will be Turner Hill Road. Make a right, three lights, make another right, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. Yeah. I'll be headed that way soon, I know. Checking it out. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Their Thursday night broadcast every Thursday night from 9 to 10 on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. Their program, Dare to Win. You can give them a call if you want to listen or if you want to give questions, comments, or concerns by dialing 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia, Brother Abija. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. 2910 Napier Avenue, Macon, Georgia. Give Brother Abija a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Yes, sir. Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia. Inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Give my good sister Shelly Armonset a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay Dash Aiti, Sister Gabby Aurelia is doing outstanding work. We're working on with the young children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. And uh, man, go on the website, Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E, Dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I, Sanjay Dash Haiti dot org. And you can see for yourself the great work that she's doing. Once again, S-O-N-J-E dash A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Akaban Institute. Baba Baruti, the school's about to start back in another week or so. The African Online Homeschool Tutorial Program is starting August 1st. And um, you can give Mama Baruti or Baba Baruti a a call at 404-753-7237. That's 404-753-7237. This is an African-centered homeschool program. Okay? <laughs> I say. African-centered homeschool program. And uh, July 21st to July 23rd, Friday the 21st, Saturday the 22nd and Sunday the 23rd, the Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. The Liberated Minds Black Homeschool 
Educational Expo that is going to be uh, Baba Baruti. It's going to be at the Piedmont Technical College Conference Center. It's going to be three incredible days, over 50 workshops and exhibits and so forth. And once again, you can get it, and you can get it on online, on live stream from anywhere in the world. Join us. That's right. Sister Taish. Taish. It's Queen Taish, brother. Queen Taish. And uh, the keynote speaker is Baba Baruti at the 12th Annual Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. And that's the identity of an African-centered educator. The identity of an African-centered educator. Baba Baruti, I say. And then the next men's quarterly will be August 5th. Saturday, August 5th, the monthly quarter. And that's the hunt is on menticide. August 5th, 12 noon to 2 p.m. 12 noon to 2 p.m. All you got to do, donations, $10 for adults, $5 for warriors in training via PayPal or Cash App. PayPal, Yahbrudy at Yahoo. Cash App, dollar sign, Yah, the letter M, Baruti. Put the pertinent information, the hunt is on, your name, and your email address so they can send you the link. And on, on that same day, Mama Inia has her uh, workshop, and that is African Womanhood. Your name, same email addresses, same cost, $10 for adults and $5 for teens. And what do you want to do? What you want to do? Send it to those um, Cash App or PayPal. And uh, make sure you have African Womanhood, your name, and your email address so you can get the link. All right. Save the Day family, African Warriors Day on Saturday, September 16th. Saturday, September 16th. Here's a note of interest. African family. In previous years, Baba Rudy and Mama Inia have held them separate. Now, this year, they're holding them together. The Women's Day and the Men's Day. This year and going forward, we will combine these celebrations into one joint celebration for us all in September. And we hope to see you there. BB48. BB48 family. That's Sashay. All right. The Inye Sassim. The Inye Sassim. Inye Sassim. Of daily revolutionary thought. In daily revolutionary thought. July 11th. There was never slavery in Kemet, in the Kemetic society at the time of antiquity, the Pharaonic times. In antiquity, Kemetic women never dominated, were never dominated by comedic men and if you look at the statues look at the medu nature you can see that there was a complementarity men and women together a lot of times they were side by side it wasn't that she was way behind lastly there has never been social classes or struggles between social classes in the Marxist sense of the word 
not during the long history of ancient comedic society. Dr. Thelophilia Obenga. This is a credible source, dear family. Dr. Obenga worked with Dr. Sheikh Anja Jump. They together were at the symposium 74 when they kicked ass. Dr. Obinga is a linguistic. Dr. Thelophili Obinga, he is still living. Any social order requires a division of labor based on ability. And within this division, an order evolves to ensure effective decision making and delegation of responsibilities. But this does not necessarily imply a hierarchical ranking as it does in the Europeans' mind. And even when the, there is some acceptance, some accepted degree of hierarchy, the emphasis is on qualitative differences of responsibilities based on ability and mastery, not on quantitative ones decided by possessions or ascribed privilege. This is so, especially if all concerned recognize that they are working for a common good and that each individual is working at that which he or she is best suited in accomplishing this goal and this good. Specifically outside of Western or Arab domination, Africans have never had a hierarchy of oppression. This, conceptual, this conceptualization of hierarchy is extremely difficult for the mind raised in an oppressive Invictus-inducing culture to comprehend because it does not fit any form of reality that they can conceive. Hierarchy without oppressive ranking of people is beyond their capacity to understand. They always got to have some people, me first. Their whole idea, the Europeans' whole idea is top of the ladder, you know? So it only takes so it only makes sense for them to conclude that the Africans who physically built Kemet were slaves because this is how they built things. You had to be slaves. And of course you know because you've seen the uh, documentary Great Pyramid K 2019 so you know they weren't suffering the sting of the lash. They built these things out of love and respect and they built them using the solar disk and all they had all around them. Water and the mixture of limestone and so forth. Putting them into big stone bricks. Pouring them. Pouring them. They didn't go down the Nile River to a quarry with copper with copper tools and chisel out stone and cut stone to perfection that you can lay it side by side and you can't even today get a, a piece of paper between them without mortar, without cement. Yeah. Regardless of my position, I never oppressed other Africans. Regardless of my position, I will never oppress other Africans. I know that uh, I'm thinking about this. I think of the brother that gained his freedom. And then even he, even he, although later on he kind of made the change, but he had bought Africans. 
to work for him. I'm not sure how they were treated, you know, but um, just the idea in itself, he had bought Africans. And, you know, I, some have argued that there was some humane treatment of Africans by some of these Caucasians. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Because the bottom line is they were stripped of their of their dignity, their identity, their language, their tradition, their history, their culture. They were stripped of all. And then I'm quite sure they weren't learning to read. Man. July 12th. A person who doesn't realize he or she is lost is not looking for a way home. A person who doesn't realize, particularly us, if we do not understand that we are lost, that's because we're not looking for our way home. Mawali Mu. Shujai. This cannot be the only reality because we know of others which thrive before it. We know of times when science was finely tuned divine instrument and not a God-veering weapon wailed by pale predatory politics. There were times when people did not glorify property over life or conspire to murder each other over material possessions. Through Through deliberate study, we can still vicariously view these ages when ranked did not arrogantly define character or license tyranny when a person's situation in life was determined by his or her heart, talents, and desire and not his or her ascribed privilege or deceit. Though now somewhat clouded, we can remember when good character was inevitable, not because of its rarity, but because of its presence everywhere we were. So how do we get back to the way we once knew that once governed humanity without sacrificing the future? How can we move African people and then humanity away from defining the abnormal as normal and the normal as abnormal? Is it even possible for mere humans to perform such a Sankofian task? We think so. Yes, we do. But only if we're only if we mere humans are fully reconnected with spirit. Only if we mere humans are fully reconnected to spirit. And if we remain consistently aware of the nature of the beast that must die if we are to live. Ooh. Remain consistently aware of the nature of the beast that must die if we are to live. Affirm. I am not lost because I have found my way back home. I say, affirm, I am not lost because I have found my way back home. Brothers and sisters, the Enya system of daily revolutionary thought. Wow. I say. Yes, sir, brothers and sisters. Um, still going to deal with the uh, African world, the newspaper, and I got to get some more copies. I've been telling people about them, and I'm like, man, I need to 
by Mama Marimba's house or, or whatever. I don't know. She's got some uh, at um, um, in the Medview Bookstore. I don't know. No? Other places. But um, couldn't get a hold of her a uh, couple of days. I'm going to try again today. Maybe text, text message. And one thing, somebody told me she was going out of the country again. So I, I we'll find out. I got it because I know um, Brother Irv. I'm definitely sending him one, and I'm quite sure others. I was trying to. I was talking to Brother Kwaku, asking him the question. Did he? Because uh, I know he went to Abakasin soon, soon. So uh, after the break, there's an article uh, within the African world: the African sovereignty imperative. We're gonna. That's Baba Baruti. We're gonna read that article and talk about that. Also, too. Um, I mean, there's so much, brothers and sisters. You know, there's no advertisements. It's all straight information and knowledge. So much. You know, 32 pages. That's right. 32 pages. And uh, beautiful pictures of what was happening at the. Uh, There's another one here on grounding, and I'm going to read um, Mama Marimba's piece she did for um, Matulu Shakur, a personal note from Mama Marimba on Matulu Shakur. Baba Matulu Shakur, of course, made his transition. He was the stepfather of Tupac Shakur. He was married to Tupac's mom, Afini Shakur. He stayed a long time in prison, brothers and sisters. Long time. And there's a good piece too on um, um, in the prison industrial complex. <laughs> yeah. So, once again, it's it just um, man, there's so much. I love it. I love it. I know I have saved some of these. Uh, from many Bakasana's um, past. And I and and I was looking in here to see if I saw the brothers and sisters from the Arrow, because that's what out of San Antonio, Texas, because they were the ones that were printing it. And I hope that's still the case, but I don't see any reference to them. They're just a bunch of good articles. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of good articles. And so, let me read this one on grounding. Baba Rudy. Yasafo, of course, are young warriors. And of course, Enya Sasim is victorious. Are the victorious destiny. Yasafo, our victorious destiny. The warrior wisdom. Ground is the substance you stand on when our definition of whatever ground is extended beyond any physical surface upon which our feet may be planted, then the interpretation of what we stand on automatically becomes political. At that point, our analysis necessarily deepens because choice and power are more directly and possibly meaningfully brought 
into the equation. For then, as in using the term stand your ground, we are compelled to speak about the strength of our beliefs, the quality of what we believe in, and our ability to be true to our convictions. Once we reach this analytical point, any reference to ground is taken as a descriptive of the politics and the spirit of what you stand for. At, at this point in the conversation, your character becomes measured by the degree to which you comprehend and adhere to what you say you stand for. Most often, when it, when it is used, higher ground implies a morally and ethically pure, more advanced political state of thinking, speaking, and behaving relative to what is commonly found among the people from the society or community from within which the more awakened person lives. It is usually used to characterize the quality of character. Quality of character. To those who righteously stand above everyday person, the masses or the powers that be, such persons are held in higher esteem by honest, hopeful, Observers, because they have exhibited the courage and the insight to refuse to compromise human truths and express and expressions in the face of a reality or a world where contradictions and corruptions are the predominant are the predominant norm when it comes to doing the right thing. The preeminent norm has such in the African mind higher ground is a spiritual concept. If for no other reason than the only thing that a person moving on this level of consciousness answers to is divine, the divinity. Within this context, operating out of this morally and ethically elevated plane means whether consciously or not, having a deeper and appreciation and engagement of spiritual consciousness, it means that one is more aware and in tune with the natural cosmetic order. Hello, I'm not getting any sound. Oh, is that right? Sorry about that. Can you hear me now, LaRue? Brother LaRue. Brother LaRue, can you hear me? I'm not being heard. Testing, 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 one, two, three. Let me turn it up a little bit. Brother LaRue, can you hear me? Wow. I thought I was being heard. We'll, we'll see. Oh. I hope you can hear me now. I don't know if it, I might have mistakenly or somehow muted myself. I don't know. Let me see if I can. Yeah, it'll tell you if you mute, if you mute yourself. So no, I, I don't know. But brother Larue, call back. Apologize, family. Let me try to pick up where I left off at. I know I want to make sure I. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll start from this paragraph. Most often, when it is used, higher ground implies a morally and ethically pure, more advanced political state of thinking, speaking, and behaving relative what is commonly found among the people, society, or community within which the more awakened person lives. 
It is usually used to characterize the quality of character of those who righteously stand above the everyday person, masses or powers that be. Such persons are held in higher esteem by honest, hopefully observers, because they have exhibited the courage and the insight to refuse to compromise human truths and expressions in a face of a reality or a world where contradiction and corruption are the preeminent norm when it comes to doing the right thing. As such, in the African mind, higher ground is a spiritual concept, if for no other reason than the only thing that a person's person's moving on the level of consciousness answers to is divinity. Within this context, operating out of this morally and ethically elevated plane means whether consciously or not, having a deeper appreciation and engagement of spiritual consciousness. It means that no one, that is that no one, that one is more aware and in tune with the natural cosmetic order, cosmetic order, cosmic order, cosmetic, and <laughs> the natural cosmic order and the rules. Testing. Hello, family. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, Baba Oshi. Yes. This is Baba Jehuti. What's going on? Hey, Baba Jehuti, how you doing? I'm doing good. We aren't on the air, are we? Yes, we are. Oh, I was just taking in to listen to your program today. I hadn't, I hadn't had an opportunity to listen in a while. Right on, brother. I'm so glad you called. So just hang on and listen, and then we'll 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 talk. I got a break coming up in a minute, and so yeah, you hang on because I definitely want to talk to you. I sure will. All right, brother. Peace. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank you. Oh, Baba Jehudi. Yeah. Okay. Within this context, operating under this morally and ethically elevated plane means consciously or not having a deeper appreciation and engagement of spiritual consciousness. It means that no, it means that one is most aware and in tune with the natural cosmic order of the rules which make it supreme. It means that there is a greater mindfulness of the non-negotiable parameters of good and evil in the sense that such differences are more solidly anchored in terms of how one personally and socially thinks, speaks, and behaves. Regardless of the enormous acquisitions projected against them by those who defensively, cowardly, wallow on lower planes, standing on higher ground does not imply that one is judgmental of others. It is only that those without moral and ethical boundaries, those who exist in a state of unconscious consciousness, which allows them to create and thrive in a reality of terror, confusion, intimidation, and complicity are compelled to dismiss and or, when possible, destroy those who operate as humans. In fact, In contrast to those without moral and ethical boundaries or a righteous sense of right and wrong, those who humbly stand on higher ground are more judgmental of themselves than others. Given their desire to be righteous, it should come as no surprise that their self-criticism often 
can be harsh, that if cripples their ability to find the appreciated, the simple joys in life. They know that their life work centers on self-improvement and that what they have positive to and what they have positively to do in these world, in this world, is a measurement of their self-worth and the quality of their character as spiritual beings, and they judge themselves accordingly. Therefore, standing on higher ground implies having identified oneself as a direct reflection of divinity and universal order, being self-assured in this wisdom, and as they say, walking by faith without concern for those opinions of those who are who knowingly operate within lower and or lowly vibrating contradictions and corruptions and corrupted mindsets. Let's all move. Let's all move to higher ground, family. Let's all move to higher ground. We're going to take a break. When we come back from that break, we're going to uh, once again go off into the African world newsletter that was distributed at Bacchus and Tsum Tsum and it's 32 pages of outstanding information outstanding information many contributors brothers and sisters from all over some incarcerated some in Africa Caribbean some here in Atlanta and maybe by you outstanding newspaper Yes, sir. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, sir. So, let's go to the breaking so we can get back. I know we're breaking a little early, but hey, that's cool. Yes, that's cool. Let's break a little early so we can get back to, uh, because I want to get off into the article on sovereignty. You know, we, we must understand what sovereignty is. You know, there's a, a piece I've been reading on sovereignty that was done by Marimba and um, Baba Baruti many years ago on sovereignty. And that's that's the thing that we must understand what it is. Because sovereignty Independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty is the only solution for African people if we are to be free mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, religiously, any and everything be determined by us and who we are, what we are. Sovereignty. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We have to take this break and we come back. Stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock, man. Solid, baby. Herbie Hancock. Ah, yeah. Get off into this piece here. I wanted to read to you on sovereignty. You know, um, I hope we all understand that it is the only solution for African people is for African people to be sovereign to run their own land not Arabs not Chinese not Koreans not Caucasians you know Africans to you know, I, ain't, I ain't talking about here you know some people no I ain't talking about here in the states you know because here in the states they they they're gonna do what they're gonna do, you know that's why i I wouldn't think to even give the Republic of New Africa a thought although i I did I would say I was in favor of the Republic of New Africa back in the day, you know, but now understanding what we're dealing with the the um the Caucasians that we're dealing with, you know so yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't entertain that. You know, we we would be asking to give us some area in the in the belly of the beast, and with the opportunity to do what they've done historically, cut us off, poison the land, poison the water. And considering the fact that, uh, as I always say, they've always found a better way to kill your ass. And now there all kinds of weaponries, all kinds of technology, you know. That they say they weaponized robotics, mosquitoes to come in and <laughs> give you malaria. And you have you seen it's been happening, right? I wouldn't put anything past these people. Nothing. Nothing. I'm we're not amazed. We're all amazed but not amused. <laughs> Stevie Wonder, we're all amazed but not amused. All the things you say and you do. Don't trust them. But African sovereignty is an imperative. This is what we need. And so Baba Baruti brings it down in terms of what we need. And so I'm going to Really, for African warriors of vision, sovereignty is simple. More than anything else, it means the inclusion of all African people globally in this effort and benefit. No matter how diverse or tainted our blood may be, we are one family on forming one nation. I repeat, we are one family forming one nation. It speaks to the political character of African people and turns our attention toward the motherland as the natural home of our political core. 
It centers us in the land questions has well, directing our thoughts toward the need for a stable, protected, identifiable geographical place where we have our most ancient and profound roots. Sovereignty speaks to the very nature of our interaction with each other, economic and otherwise. It makes the needs of individual people, their families, and the surrounding communities the social priority. A deep sense of honor and obligation rule this way of social relationships. And of course, this deeply personal priority goes all the way up to the national level but never loses its humanistic simplicity as we shift our focus from micro to macro levels. Sovereignty calls for vision supported, supporting a large collection of changes in the conditions, interactions, and creation in the concrete possibilities of African people worldwide in no certain order. So in no certain order, these are the things that we need and we must do. They include, one, the social and cultural reconnection of African people with each other globally. Two, the development of a military capable of defending both the African continent against any aggressor and African people everywhere they may reside on the face of this planet as well as having the authority to maintain national, continent-wide order. Number three, one representative umbrella government, one representative umbrella government, government overseeing the affairs and interests of Africa globally with its command center on the continent in Africa. Four, the removal of divisive, divisive and artificial political boundaries from the African continent, removing all these divisions, everything that petty, petty differences and just removing them. Number five, the removal of the presence and power of non-African people from our motherland. I repeat, the removal of the presence and the power of non-African people from our motherland. Everybody, I don't give a damn how many hundreds of years. You are not indigenous to Africa. You are a colonizer. You came here. I don't give a damn. It's just like all this debate about Egypt and being mad because uh, I think it was Netflix did a documentary with the, uh, with Cleopatra the Seventh having some melanin in her showing there has a high yellow sister, which more than likely she was. But see, the people who are there now are the people who are going to be gone, who have taken advantage. And they, they're the ones you see in malls selling cartouches and African clothing or, or Egyptian Egyptian clothing and so forth. Calabias and everything like that. Yeah. Number six. Global African citizenship for all African people. African people should be allowed to freely travel wherever African people are, especially across the continent and to and from the diaspora and the continent without the hindrance 
of a system of visas that work to make physical contact between individuals in different countries and states difficult. Number seven. A fully functioning transportation system with the capacity to readily move African people and resources wherever we and they need to go on the continent and around the world as well. And independent of other people's land, sea, and their air carriers. Having our own. Number eight. A political apparatus mobilized to realize non-negotiated reparations in every form, financial, business, technology, and facilities, our historical artifacts, which are in all these museums, from wherever they have been transported to, hoarded, and profited from around the world. Number nine, the actual material and institutional infrastructural technology and retaliatory reparations commensurate with the spiritual, genetic, and social, cultural, and resource damage done to Africans by Europeans, old and new, Arabs, and of course, Asians, and anybody else. The large-scale promotion and institutionalization of the lifestyle, ritual, language, and material aspects of our indigenous traditions and an international educational institution system and pedagogy that is able to incorporate both the appropriate and non-culturally contaminated contemporary technology and the moral and ethical values and ways of thinking and doing of our people into a functional and proper education for our youth. The creation of D, the creation of a D Europeanized, Europeanizing education. Yeah, sorry about that. The creation of a de-Europeanizing, re-educating, re-Africanization evaluation and correction or removal agency whose mission it is to determine the severity and correctability of each individual's menticide in order to determine and to assess how Africans returning to our countries and communities should be spiritually and psychologically and physically possessed in order to best protect our spaces from internal discourse. That's important, family. That's important. And because, believe me, you, you, we know there's agent provocateurs. We, we're talking about what could be ideal. We're talking about sovereignty and what's ideal to make it happen. So we got to deal with people who have issues that we can correct to re-Africanize them. Number 12, the establishment of an internal and external international information gathering agency designed to assist us in making information decisions about threats to the African security and able and authorized to deploy agents whose loyalty to the African nations beyond reproach to gather said information. The removal of our land from foreign ownership, control, an occupation and return and the return of this land to the control of equitable distribution by the state. Kin, kinship group 
and family. The massive reintroduction of non-cash crop farming technologies in the schools and the field. The nationalization of the industries that can best produce these necessities that are essential for the survival, i.e. food, clothing, transportation, infrastructure, building, materials, etc., for and of our people. Number 14, the development of a fair, non-judgmental, people's social welfare system solvent enough to handle the difficult and deliberating conditions people find themselves in and are affected by, which are either the result of a new situation and events or the outcome of our foreign invasion, destruction and exploitation or both. That is, until these problems become manageable through the state and kinship groups of the family, having to return to their former levels of benevolence and efficiency. And number 15, the removal of the prison system has a punitive instrument and its replacement with strong corporal moral law and rehabilitative compensatory service-orientated systems of correction. It should be evident from our current state of affairs that this collection of initiatives is nothing more than minimal requirements. Much, much more will be needed to build and sustain a powerful global sovereign African nation. Each of these conditions serves the interests of all African people, whether most of us recognize it or not. At this time, considering the lethargy and treasonous record of service to our community, Negroes and lost souls recognize the reckoning of this critical importance of these conditions is irrelevant. What is most utmost important is that those committed African warrior scholars who are and will be doing the work understand how vital all of these things and these conditions are for the vindication and ascendancy of our people. I say it's imperative. The sovereignty imperative. Yeah. It is something, family, that we must do. That we must do. And everything that we do, we do for ourselves. And even though it could have implications for all humanity because what it is is just. It is right. Just as Dr. Clark said, we gave the world its first humanity. We must give the world its next humanity. African people are the miles. Europeans, you know, I was watching the thing uh, talking about um, the Europeans and how great they were and how of a model they were of having a system where even people who had nothing could have creature comforts and cars and TVs and you know a nice home could even have a swimming pool all the nice things that they could have where somebody who lived in um, socialism you know they couldn't have it you know 
but people who lived in capitalism who were able to to find ways to find money and get money and whatever job they had or maximize them or whatever ways they had to accumulating money you know <laughs> you know what I just thought about <laughs> I just thought about um, direct sales and and how people have utilized that in fact I've seen a sister with a um, Mary Kay pink Cadillac which is a very light pink Cadillac and remember how you know when they had you know the, it's a reality it was it was something of a pyramid because you had to get a down line. You had to get a whole bunch of people under you to make the kind of money for you to be in a position to continue to move up to these different markers, these, these different uh, statuses. You know. And people always tried to, because I knew a number of people to try to get me to be a part of it. I just couldn't do it. I, I just, that, that wasn't me. You know. It's not like I wouldn't have like to have nice things and have money too, but it just wasn't me, no. But that's how the society is. You know, there's a number of people who have used others. So, brothers and sisters, give us a call. Give us a call at two one five four nine zero nine eight three two two one five. Four nine zero nine eight three two, and uh, let's have some conversation. The number you were, a uh, number of you were on, and I think because I had, I had somehow or some way was muted, and you couldn't hear me. So I apologize about that. You know, but we're back on, and we got a lot of time left. So, so give us a call and let's have some conversation. In fact, uh, if you want to talk about sovereignty and how important that is, or there's something else on your mind, you want to talk about that, we'll do that. I know that um, this Friday, uh, finally, a brother or sister from the Pan-African Federalist Movement will be on. I'm anxious to talk with them in light of the conference I went to a couple weeks ago, you know, with the uh, community uh Organizing, you know, uh, community movement builders, the community movement builders and organizing that they're doing, you know, they're talking about Pan-Africanism, National Black Rider Organization, organizing for Pan-Africanism. In fact, remember I told you what the um, theme was, unity in our lifetime, connecting, connecting the national black struggle for self-determination with Pan-Africanism. And so that is that should be, it has to be, must be the flavor of the day. Has to be. And not just today, but ongoing. It is what we must do. It is what we have to do. Anything else is a denial of reality and history as it relates to African people. We will not have the independence and the self-determination and the liberation if we do not strive and achieve sovereignty 
the African people. No one, no one outside of us can tell us a damn thing about what we do and how we do it. Nobody about anything. And, and, and the and reality is we have all we need. We have it at this very moment. We have everything that we need. The only thing that we don't have is our right minds. That's it. That would bring us to unity. We don't have our right minds. So we're going to um, continue to strive. Continue to do everything that's humanly possible. To put us back in a situation what can we what we determine things for ourselves? I know that um, we talk about the school system. We as Africans are predominant in the public school system. The public school system is not run by us, and we've seen firsthand, and we know. that many of us came through that public school system. Let me be clear. I don't think that the Africans who achieved an African-centered mindset, who believed in Pan-Africanism, an African-centered, I mean, an African brother or sister, they didn't get that. In the, in the public school system across this country. They didn't get that in the private school system across this country. They didn't get that in choice schools or charter schools. They got that because they were exposed to African-centered education. And of course, African-centered education is challenged here in this society particularly now particularly now because in today's situation they don't want you to talk about the evil of this system how how it was recreated how it was perpetuated how it was how it was sustained they don't want you to talk about that They don't want you to adhere to the things that you had to in order for you to just survive. They don't want to talk about how you were castrated. Hmm. This made me think about the Arabs in North Africa, the country of Libya particularly. Where they're still castrating brothers and sisters who are trying to get up out of uh, trying to get up out of the land south of the Sahara, crossing into the Sahara in whatever way they can to get to northern Africa and hopefully get to Europe, just being real. And they're castrating them, selling them to the Arab countries in Qatar, Abu Dhabi, and so forth. 
the way things are run, I know I won't be able to see how it could, how it could and should be. I know I won't. 602, 602, good afternoon. Good afternoon, brother Oshie. Hey, my brother. How are you, brother Marcus? I'm doing great, good brother. Good. good. You know, um, just when you're talking about North Africa, there, um, we see the situation that is occurring in Sudan currently. Yes. And, um, yes. you know, Egypt and that man here in Libya, Haftar, you know, they are, they are aligned together, you know. Mm-hmm. Egypt and Haftar are aligned together with uh, right. what the the, the the thing is Hafta is supporting one side in Sudan and Egypt is supporting oh. the army Sad. in Sudan. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you see how they play the, oh, yeah. they play these games for Africans to destroy each other. And the, the these Arabized Africans you know, they are Africans, but they have an Arab right. mindset. That's right. That's right. Because they you look see, at I, Islam more so, not just as a religion it is, but it's the way of life, and they can cling to that, and it's non-African. Exactly. It's not African. It's not African. See, yes, they're blue, black Africans who huh. call themselves Arabs right. and kill, killing other black people. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you see, you, see you, you talk about the mindset. Now, um, Ethiopia, you know, Ethiopia built that great Renaissance dam, and Egypt didn't like that. See, Egypt said, you know, so Egypt has a, you know, so currently now, Egypt, um, Ethiopia said, okay, look, we want to host the talks. Um, to see if we can quell this problem in Sudan. Okay. Right? Um, so the general that uh, the general in Sudan, that Burhan, that is supported by Egypt, they said, no, 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 no. We don't want to be a part of the talks. See, we don't want to be a part of the talks because, you know, again, they are a proxy. They are a proxy for, for Egypt. But what is developing and what we might see developing is that because Kenya is now getting involved and Kenya is saying, you know what, we can't just sit by and let this thing spiral out of control because mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. affect that whole entire East Africa. Right. So what Kenya is saying, you know what, we may have to get involved militarily in what's going on in Sudan. So you may say Kenya... Ethiopia, Tanzania, you're going to see that region catch a fire. You yes. see, because they are yes. not going to stand here and let that thing spiral out of control. You see? Right. So just let's just keep our eye on what's coming. Yeah. You know, because yes, as I said, they, yeah. they, they came, the Kenyan said, look, we can't just sit by and sit on our laurels and say, all right, you know, you know, who will and expect the AU. I said, we have to get involved militarily to stop this foolishness because Jesus. everybody yeah. is going to get affected. Right. So, yes. to, the, to our detriment so, and, to, and then to uh, those who are standing on the outside. They're going to reap the benefits. They'll reap the spoils because we'd be so 
tremendously fragmented and, and war torn, they just come right in. Exactly. And, they take what they want. and another thing, another thing too. A lot of um, Sudanese now are stuck at the border at Egypt because Egypt won't let them in. Mm. Egypt won't let them in, but you say we are brothers. That's and right. They're, they're Muslims, aren't they? Brothers. Yeah, they're Muslims, exactly. Egyptian Muslims, but no. It ain't about yeah, the religion. It, it's about how you look. Exactly. It's about how do exactly. you look. Exactly. And they're saying we're not taking in no we're not taking in no refugees from Sudan, right. you know. Right. Bahrain said so they're not taking in no refugees. Oman said so they're not taking but we are supposed to be brothers. Right. We are supposed to be all Muslim brothers, but you're not taking in your own Muslim brother right. in Africa. Foolishness, you know. So let's watch and see what's gonna take place. Let's um, do it. I swear. Let's, let's yes, keep our brother. eyes and our ears open, my brother. Right on, Brother All Marcus. Right. Thank you. All right, Brother Peace. Yeah. What Brother Marcus is saying is on point, man. That's for sure what he's saying is on point. And, and what he's talking about is the South Sudan. You know, that's what he's talking about, South Sudan, which was recently, that country was just made. South Sudan was just made, what, about 15 years ago, a little longer. 646, 646, good afternoon. Hey, what's happening, Noshi, man? Just getting an opportunity to tune in, man. What's what's popping today, brother? Uh, nothing much, brother. I'm talking about the uh, sovereignty uh, imperative that Africa needs. Baba Baruti wrote in the magazine, the um, newspaper, The African World, that was produced when they had the Bacchus and Sum Sum back in uh, May uh, here uh, in, in, on some land that is owned by uh, African, brothers and, African brothers and sisters. I heard it turned out really good. And um, so Mama Marimba sent me um, one of the newspapers. I'm trying to see if I can get some more so I can get them around because they're great. There's 32 pages of good stuff, man. But there was well, one you piece. know, man, uh, the amazing, the amazing thing is, man, whenever African leaders get together, and there's a strong African voice like the great Thomas Sakara was back in the day when he made his speech about why Africans are not producing for Africans instead of wearing that European shit, right? You know, you know what happened to him a month later. Oh, yeah, yeah, they killed gone. him. Yeah, they killed him. Yeah, I you mean, know, and, yeah. And, 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 and and when you think about Gaddafi, yeah, you know the amazing thing is they never talk about Libya now and how basically Libya now is a shithole. Right. Oh, Libya's when, been destroyed, man. Yeah. yeah. When 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 Gaddafi was a Gaddafi was alive. Man, it Libby was had a, its issues. It Lib- definitely had its issues, but I tell you this much: mm-hmm. people were living a better quality of life than they are now, and it just goes to show the sadness. Right. And this is something that black people suffer from today. Right. We think because a person criticized 
and want to be like my man Charles Barron said on Sunday mm-hmm. night, a nationalist, that he's supposedly against the cracker. Mm. And if you in your right black mind, you should be against the goddamn crap. Right. He don't treat you like you should be treated. So what happens is you have Negroes and as Charles called it, the machine and pieces of sugar, honey, iced tea, like this clown Jeffries, who are now the footstools oh, for, for the Democrats. Um, no good cracker. Uh-huh. You love that bastard. You love that traitor. You love that enemy. And what he do? He just placed you in a position to F over you. That's why we as a people ain't going no damn place. That's why. Well, That's the truth of the yeah. matter. Because we back in support no good niggas. Because that's what they are who wear shiny shoes, nice suits, and you think that they made it because they kissing the ass of white folks. And we liberated? We a joke. I'm sorry to say it. I love my people, but we a joke. We don't even know what leadership is. We don't know what it is to move forward as an African people. Some of us do, like me and you, Irv, and others that listen to your program. But on the whole, black people are effing joke. But see, the problem is, is the conflict that we have. Right, no, I agree, it is. But it's the conflict that we have internally that we still don't understand that the way we must go. That's why I read the African imperative, the sovereignty imperative. Because there is no other way. We... There is no appealing to a people morally who have no morals. There's nothing we can do with this son of a bitch that we got here. We must prepare ourselves independently. Somebody needs to do a a t-shirt, O.C. The Urugu has no morals. (laughs) Yeah? I I made the post that on Facebook today. The Urugu has no morals. And he doesn't. He doesn't. I've never known him to have no. it. As I say to he you does. on this show he millions does. of times, there is not one place on the planet where people that look like me and you, O.C., have been living amongst peace and harmony with ourselves, and this cracker ain't come in the midst and not yep. totally destroy, kill, rape, yep. rob, everything evil he's done. You can't name me one place on the planet. I remember, I remember I'll never forget this. Maybe 15, 20 years ago, I I asked that question on the radio to Armstrong Williams. <laughs> and you know the bastard, you know the bastard couldn't answer it. And every time I would call him, yeah. I would say, you come up with the answer yet, Armstrong? <laughs> they ain't not. And, and, and listen, oh, they had this, this white man. I know some of y'all may have heard of him. His name was Bob Grant, radio show. He was Rush Limbo before Rush Limbo. Bob Grant was a slick-talking, racist white man that he knew how to, um, you know, he knew how to talk that talk to get his people riled up. I remember one day I had to call him up and tell him and ask him the same question. And then I had to tell him, I'm your dad. 
Same thing happened in Milwaukee. European Jews got yeah. together and they got rid of talk radio. I mean, they still have a talk radio format now because uh, uh, the station they got rid of it on was a station that uh, Willie Davis owned, All Pro Broadcast. Okay. They had a number of stations across the country, but that changed. And the station that we have talk radio on now is a station owned by um, a brother, and 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 they, he also owns part owner. They're part owners of station in Chicago, you know WVON in Chicago and WNOV in Milwaukee. Yeah, well, VON VON used to be good. I right. don't know. I I I I'll listen to it if I'm home on a Saturday night to Celine Wakil, but you know he he could be wishy washy at mm-hmm. times. But I mean, there was a real heyday for black for black radio. I know. I think that host in Milwaukee was pretty strong too. They had a host in Milwaukee that was pretty strong. That um, was a little controversial every every now and then. But I remember how I got my awakening, man. I used to listen because I used to get off work, and you know, how you go home, you really can't go to sleep. And I was working the Three to eleven, four to twelve shift, and they had the brother man that I learned so much from. Matter of fact, he was the first person I ever heard serve a Jew. And when I said serve a Jew, it was like three o'clock in the morning. This Jew called up with some bullshit, and Bob Law lit his oh, Bob ass. Law. I never heard. Yeah, Bob Law. I never heard nobody. Light a white man up like that, man. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie to you. I think I was yeah. like 24, 25. And at that point in time, man, mm-hmm. it changed my, it changed my life. Cause I never, I never heard nobody just dog them. Yeah. I mean, dog them. And I took in classes with Clark. I would go to first world and stuff like that. But I never really saw somebody articulate and put a beating on a Jew the way he put a beating on the Jew. And I mean, hey, that was my classroom for until he went off the air. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Law. Bob Law was tough. Forget, forget, was forget a Marcus or Marcus to tell you about Bob Grant, man. Mm-hmm. Marcus to tell you about the heyday with the greatest, one of the greatest interviewers we ever had the late Gil Noble, man. Okay, yeah. I Gil mean, Noble's. Gil Noble talked yeah. on Sunday so much, man. Yeah. And you know, the he... only reason he was able to stay on the on on the the television, and this is deep, man. Like and he I was on public television until years later. Yeah, it was what what you call him was really peaking before he died, Mega Evans. Megan Evans' whole thing was, and a lot of people don't know this, but look into it. 
his whole thing was that black people had to have access to the airwaves. And what had happened was, I guess because of the situation, they made it to where as a television station had to give, I think, an hour of public service uh-huh. yeah. to black orientated information and that's how guild noble came into Mm -hmm. existence man and i tell you man i don't know what's happening with guild archives but let me tell you but see that was then but see but see jay that was then when you only had like four or five stations you had like three or four abc nbc cbs and then later fox and then you had a number of of stations particularly uh uh yeah Local stations. But the broadcasting stations, you had to give an hour. Right. And so that's where you got some of these black um, hosts that came mm-hmm. into play. But let me tell you, Gil Noble, Gil Noble had a brother who I love dearly, man. One of the greatest Africans I ever met, I ever knew, who did more for Pan-African and nationalism around this country, Brother Alambe Braff. Alambe Braff was the graphic designer for ABC. And what Alambe would do is, he would bring in all of the African leaders that came to this country, delegates and things of that nature, and he would have them at the Harriet Tubman, and then he would have Gil Noble interview him. Outstanding. I, I wonder mean, if they got some of those, you know, just like uh, Lester Velt Middleton. You know the program, the, the interviews that he did. You know, and and Mama, yeah, well, Mama Marimba York, pays tribute New to York, Alambe. Alambe yeah. was responsible for getting all of the the, the major leaders that were Pan African and nationalists to do mm-hmm. Gil's show, man. Yeah. And Gil would do hell of a hell of a interview. I know one or two of his greatest interviews was on. The crack epidemic just for just phenomenal. I don't know if he won any awards for it. Maybe Marcus would know. And his um, work that he did on Malcolm. Oh okay. man! And like he said, he was scared of Malcolm. Mm. He was scared of Malcolm. That's why he never interviewed Marcus. He'll tell you mm. honestly. But I tell you, he's done some of the greatest work on Malcolm that's ever been produced visually. Mm. Yeah, well. But go ahead, get somebody, all right, get somebody else on. Hopefully Marcus is on the line. Oh, yeah, Marcus was on the line. Me and Marcus talked earlier. So. Okay, you may still right. be in the queue. All right, Jay. Thanks a lot, dear brother. Peace. Hotel. Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of these uh, programs, and people, particularly back in the day, but I think that at this juncture, at this moment, is a lot more critical because back in the day we were still trying hard, you know, to gain access, you know, trying hard to be black, you know, gain access at the table, gain access in the boardroom, you know. We, to me, to hell with that. Yes, there's some of us who are still in that mindset who are still in that particular mode. You know, uh, Brother Jay just mentioned the Democratic Party and what they're still trying to do. And 
and, and some of his leadership, uh, um, Dr. J's nephew, Jeffries, who's now the chairperson of the Democratic Party, the leader, uh, you know, in the Democratic Party, and still trying to see and hope and pray and wish that we can make inroads into this society through those particular means. You know, this is not for us. This never has been for us and never will be for us. And the best thing that we can do is, you know, in the Bible, in the Bible, there's a story, of course, of Moses. Moses was raised up in the house of Pharaoh. All of these are stories, brothers and sisters. This shit did not happen. There was a symposium they did on this about 30 years ago. Trying, and I know those Caucasians tried desperately to find the evidence, to find something that would substantiate their case. It didn't happen like everything else in the Bible. It didn't happen. But because of Pharaoh enslaving the Hebrews, which it did not happen, but based on the story, they needed and wanted a deliverer. They wanted somebody that would take the yoke off their neck, that foot on the back of their neck, that knee on the neck. And the person who was raised up in Pharaoh's house because there was an edict that came down that they were going to kill all of the first males of Hebrews. And his mother and his sister, they put him together in the basket and you know pushed him up the river or down river because the Nile flows from south to north so they wanted to go up to they could push up whatever <laughs> and he was taken in by Pharaoh's sister and she raised him now I mean, you know, some could argue, well, what's this boy doing here? How you, how you get this kid? Where's this kid come from? It's my son. Well, should you have been here? I just sent your ass two weeks ago. Well, well, you wasn't pregnant then. How you get a baby now? Well, anyway. So he's raised up and he became very prominent. He was given... Uh, access and reign as if he was born a pharaoh himself. And of course, because how he was as opposed to Ramesses the second, and of course we all know historically Ramesses the second was a bad mother. You know. But in that story they look for a deliverer. 
and when they kicked him out of Kenneth, thinking that in the desert he will die, supposedly. But he lived and was given refuge. And then he had a wife, he had a son of his own. And so forth and so on. And when the people left because of the plagues upon Kemet, there's no mention of them in the Medu Necher. And, and I know some people say, well, you know, he was embarrassed upon the plagues that were happening. He was embarrassed when people got boiled and so forth. He was embarrassed. Then equally embarrassed, I think the, if your memory serves me, the coup de grace was killing of the firstborn child in the house of Pharaoh. And so then he let him go. And then he tried to go kill him again. And he went up in the mountain of Sinai, came down with the Ten Commandments, of course, which we all know, the 42 declarations of innocence in Ma'at, which the Ten Commandments come from. All these things, all this shit was, uh, in Christianity was plagiarized. All of it's false. Not all of it. That's what I'm saying, man. But getting to my point, I know I've been lab- belaboring it. You know, that it didn't happen. They, they had an exodus. And the major point, I've said this many times on this program, we as Africans, we must have an exodus. We must get out of where we are throughout the diaspora because we sure the hell ain't wanted and we sure the hell been mistreated. We must return home. Those brothers and sisters must welcome us with open arms. Those who are strong enough must tell those who are there, you got to go. And we're looking at you to make sure you ain't taking all that is ours out of here. You can take, only thing you're taking is the clothes on your back. No artwork, no artifacts, no gold, no silver, no titanium, no bauxite, no cobalt, none of that. None of it. That is what, I mean, if you, if you're sitting on a continent that has all the resources that everybody wants, but yet and still, you're poor. You're poor. It doesn't make sense. It makes sense in light of colonialism. It makes sense in light of imperialism. It makes sense in all of that. But it doesn't make sense because it should be no way in hell <laughs> that we as African people and all of those things that we sit on should be poor. And so the statesmen or the statespersons, because women too, the leadership, all of that needs to come together. As I read to you in that imperative, the beginnings of it, it's one voice, it's one Africa. 
It's one Africa. It's just like the Pan-African Federalist Movement. It promotes one Africa. One Africa. I'm not sure the language. I would say Swahili is the official language that we must use. Everybody can learn it. It's supposed to be easy. Learn it. How we communicate with each other. Not English, not France, or not English, not French, not Belgium, not Spanish, Portuguese, none of that. Indigenous African language. That's something that I will continue to push, push and promote as long as I have breath. As long as I as long as I can live. I'll be a staunch promoter and advocate for Africa to be free. And for Africa to have control of its land and its resources. For Africa to be players in the world instead of the palms. Gotta, gotta go, brothers and sisters. I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Like I said, be, uh, uh, be here Friday so we can discuss what's happening with the Pan-African Federalist Movement and the uh, things that are upcoming. Hope to have some good, um, at least I hope to. I, I ain't gonna announce them yet until they're happening. <laughs> <laughs> guess next week we'll see but um, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko the most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed this program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind but not just the M-I-N-D but the M-I-N-E because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants think they can't do without and they shown the hell damn it don't want to pay for brothers and sisters have a blessed and wonderful day shimhotep that means go in peace isante sana means thank you bb48 means our victorious destiny brothers and sisters we will be victorious peace family